Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Podgo provides podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to include Fables Around the Table if you visit there and let them know that we sent you. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, Chronicle. We now have a name for it. It's not just Microscope. But it's uh, Fables Around the Table Chronicle, episode one. Um, if you are interested in hearing about some of our like pre-production and setup and some of the explanation for the rules, we have a lot of that in episode zero. Um, so if you're interested in that, go check that out. If you want to just jump right into, we're going to be digging into the game right away, um, stick around. This is your episode. Um, I'm going to real quickly go over some of what we did in the last episode just to get us all up to date on this. So the seed for our history that we came up with is industrial technology emerges as a new force, wiping away the old values of emotion, intuition, and magic. Then the palette we have, so in the yes column, these are things that are all things we are totally free to include, are alien influence, dragons, legendary named artifacts slash weapons, lost cities, soulmates a pantheon of deities and war then in the no column so these are things that we are not allowed to include no matter what are spaceships magic words internal combustion engines and fantasy races like dwarves elves that kind of thing and then we have two periods in our history so far the beginning and the end so the beginning of our history is a period of time where irresponsible magicrats threaten the world with dangerous uses of magic, and in the shadows of the lower classes, interest in new technologies begins to emerge. Then, the end of our history is a synthesis of magic and technology allows humanity to reach for the stars. Hell yeah. Yeah, does everybody have their um, PDFs pulled up? Yep. Uh... Maybe. <laughs> where, where, where? Oh, there, there it is. Okay. I'm pretty sure I put it in the Discord. Yeah. I mean, I figured, I figured someone would just tell me what I'm supposed to do when I'm. Supposed yeah, to do it. I was gonna right. try and go through all the rules, also just for the benefit of the listener, so they know right. what's happening. Because this game is so different. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's just, I find it helpful. Um, there's a page in there like explaining how to pick focuses when we get to it, and that was like okay. very helpful to me to understand what the fuck. So. Got it. Got it. That uh, makes a lot of sense. But I am a dumb person, so... <laughs> you are not dumb. I don't know what you are, but you're not dumb. <laughs> I, I was going to spin that to a compliment, me. but then I'm just like, eh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too much follow-through. Yeah. That sounds, <laughs> sounds like work. <laughs> There's like our little bumper right there. I was going to spin that to a compliment, but eh. <laughs> <laughs> Why bother? <laughs> Fucking denied. <laughs> Time for kittens. Time for kittens. 
I'm surprised Chelsea didn't put kittens in the yes column. <laughs> I was actually part of me was kind of waiting for it. You're right. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Chelsea was Chelsea was too busy throwing us other fucking curveballs like <laughs> no spaceships and yes soulmates. <laughs> yeah, both of those are extremely awesome. <laughs> okay, so what we're gonna do, um, we're gonna do what is the final part of what microscope calls setup um which is the first pass so the way this works is that we will go around our figurative table here and everyone will add either an event or a period um to our history and just so everyone knows i'm a period and a period is sort of like our top level event is like our middle level and we're not going to do any scenes yet we'll get into that after this first pass so I guess I'm going to go first, since I am first in our table order here. So I'm going to add a new period. So I'm going to add a period um, near the end of our timeline, which is, so it's, it's a period um, of sort of like cyberpunk dystopia where a small number of powerful corporations control most of the world and one of the few places free of the influence of the corporations is the sacred city of Mystia, protected by the knights of the goddess Nerda. You're just making up these names on the spot. Yeah. Because I'm impressed. In a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I like was sort of brainstorming names I might use for stuff over the course so of the So you were last cheating. Week. You I was cheating, cheating is what a you're little saying. bit. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now um, to clarify, to clarify, Tom, like uh, the first period and last period that we've established are like the definitive first and last. Yes, you are not allowed to add anything. Everything has after. to go in between. Got it. Although I would imagine there's nothing defining how close any of these periods are to each other, so exactly. that you can like put stuff as many yeah. as you want between yep. things. Mm -hmm. um, another question while you get this jotted down. Um, is this a late or dark period for you? So it is going to be dark. Okay. Yeah. Gotta make more bad things happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> We're not right. here to tell a nice happy story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we are. We'll find out. Okay. The city of Mystia and the Knights yeah. of the Goddess Nerda. Very cute. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So next is going to be Cliff. So Cliff, you can either put an event in one of our three periods or add a new period. Hmm. I think that I am going to add a period as well. And I think this one is going to be much closer to the uh, beginning compared to uh, yours being closer to the end. Okay. I think this is going to be pulling from our uh, palette uh, the Dragon Wars. Ooh. And they lasted for about a hundred years 
Okay. Well, we, as I type. Yeah. We don't want to, we, we want to be pretty unspecific about the time. Um, oh. And the reason is that we want to leave it. So, so the period will be the dragon wars. Um, but we want to leave the ability for other periods to slip in and recontextualize what was going on, or maybe like start to break the dragon wars into like smaller periods as we kind of like go through. So yeah. So, so, so as a general rule, especially in periods avoid units of time um and instead focus more on like the defining characteristics of the era and like what was going on yeah like the what's and why's and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah um and i think that in this time the magicrats aligned with the dragons and at least initially okay and the lower classes began showing the powerful warfare technology Okay. Yeah, I think that's it for that period. And it is also a uh, dark period because war is never great, except for a select few. All right, Nick, you're in the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's really funny, uh, Cliff. You and I were kind of on the in the same vein of thought. Um, so as much as I want to add a light period, or no, well, is is um is events still categorized as light and dark or are they just events yes. within a period yeah events and scenes are also light and dark so and they, they could be like a light scene inside of a dark yes event, you know and like in that fact sort of thing. that is actually a suggestion that if you are uh-huh. unsure what tone um mm-hmm. reverse what comes above it right so i do want to add an event i was thinking about adding a period but uh actually what cliff added was close kind of similar to what i had in mind anyway so i'm gonna roll with that i'm gonna add an event within that period um i do think as much as i want to add some light to the board um i think this is gonna have to be another a a dark event okay and um it is an event during the dragon wars called the purge of worms where the unveiling of new technology is a turning point and begins the systematic eradication of dragons. Okay. Um, so to me, that actually sounds like more a like a period. Um, Cause an event needs to be like a sort of concrete, like thing that happened. If that makes sense. I was, I was kind of framing it as like it was the introduction of this thing was the okay. event basically. But um, the I, the event needs to be a little bit more specific. So the event okay. would need to All be right. like something like at this place, the dragons were purged. Okay. Um, All right. It could be a specific battle, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, would definitely be. It was be. A, a specific yeah. battle uh, that that became known as the the purge of worms. The unve- the kind of first unveiling of this new technology, like single handedly won the battle and eradicated every dragon in the battle. Okay. Um, for the purposes of our outline here, are we doing like a outline style where like under that period and yeah, go under that period and tab in. Yeah. All right. The purge of worms, the purge of worms, a battle in which new technology was unveiled that eradicated all the dragons there. Okay. Now, just to be clear, are we talking like, this is like the extinction of the dragons or is this like the dragons present at the battle? We could say that it was like the, like a, um, see it, it makes, it seems like there would need to be lead up, so maybe we can establish it later. But it could be the extinction of the dragons, or it could have been like uh, the first like death knell, maybe. Um, 
Because for it to be a single event that was the extinction of the dragons, um, it would make me think that all... You know, do we want to be super dramatic and just say that eradicated all dragons, period? I'm okay with that. As long like that would yeah. sort of yeah. Yeah, make that's it fine. difficult to bring them back in later if we want. But yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I was kind of I wanted to leave the possibility that there could be like survivors, but I mean I guess there still could be. Yeah. Um, I mean what you could say really is just to. that you know, mm-hmm. killing mini dragons mm-hmm. or something like like you you can put it however you want um, okay we just need to be clear about what you're saying so we all don't right so we all know what you're going for here yeah right yeah um i don't want to over define it i don't want to box okay. this in anywhere but i do want it to be big and dramatic um how uh how about we say most of the dragons okay that that leaves yeah. it it's you know so mm-hmm. it could be so dramatic uh that most people think all of the dragons but okay it leaves but us maybe there is flexibility some there, maybe okay gives us some wiggle room for some narrative funness does that mean it's my turn it is your turn Chelsea. yeah oh man i have to do something about this fucking edgy timeline we got going on here <laughs> <laughs> um so what i would like to do is between the dragon wars and the cyberpunk dystopia um i'd like to add in a late age or um period okay uh and i would like to call it like the era of legends and i want it to be kind of like our society's um enlightenment period where they're going back Mm. and perhaps you know uh readily making histories available for for everybody to have listen to that clacky boy (laughs) and that's gonna be a light boy all right so that is our first pass. We did it. All right. Um, oh, and this is one thing that's useful to clarify is that um, what we write down is a placeholder for what we say. So what you say is like canonical. What you write is essentially like a reminder of what you said. Got that it. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to actually play the game. So actually, I'm going to add a section here for focus. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use a fancy word of foci because I'm going to actually kind of record all of our foci as we go through. Our Tom over here with the big words. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and for the audience and totally not myself, uh, what what are those going to be? What, yeah. What are, what are okay. Those so the way this works is we take turns being the lens. So essentially a round will like go all the way around the table, but each round will have one person who is the, called the lens and the lens will define what's called the focus. So the idea is that whatever the focus of the round is, everything we need to we do within that round has to somehow relate to like the focus idea. Um, and the focus can be it can be like an abstract idea, it can be a person, it can be a place, it can be like a theme. Really anything you want it to be can be the focus. Um, and essentially we'll take turns being the lens and declaring the focus. Um, and the other thing is that when you're the lens, you get to go first. And you actually get to make two things as long as they're nested within each other. And then the lens also gets to go last and make two things again if they want. Got it. Um, And and this is sort of to, like, let different things kind of, like, be important for a round and then move on to the next thing. So I am going to make the first focus um, the dangers of magic 
Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I dig it. So I'm going to go into our first period here and create an event, which is Lord Randall learns a new dangerous technique from an otherworldly traveler. I should take my own advice and talk before typing. So it's Lord Randall learns a new dangerous technique from an otherworldly traveler. Okay. Nice. And then because I am the lens, I get to put a scene inside that event if I want, which I am going to do. Cool. So is, that, to... is that going to be a later dark event? Or, yeah, event. <laughs> yeah, so the event is dark. Uh, or at least okay. I see it as dark because he's learning a dangerous technique. Right. Mm-hmm. And... The scene, so actually before we put this in here, so the scene is going to go inside that event, and the question I am posing for this scene is, what makes this technique so dangerous? Okay? And I'm setting the stage. So the stage is the otherworldly traveler, disguised as a human from a distant land, arrives at Lord Randall's castle. Actually, we'll say more. it's more like his estate. Because we're sort of like in a slightly post, like, we're not like medieval castle, but it's like his, like, grand, like, manor. Right. Um, so, like, more like a palace or manor than, like, a castle. This, the scene is the otherworldly traveler um, on some sort of journey um, has arrived at Lord Randall's estate and is seeking hospitality there um, for some purpose. Um, So the way the scene works is I set the stage and then I'm going to um, require um, that otherworldly traveler character. Someone has to play that character. Um, Everything else I'm going to leave up in the air, I think. Okay. So do we just, do we, do we just shout it out what we want to do or do we? So yeah. So we'll go around the table. um, Sure picking characters in the scene um let me make sure i've done everything else i need to do here yeah so in terms of established facts we know that we're you know irresponsible magicrats so lord randall is one of our magicrats um he's like a powerful important person in this world we can decide exactly how powerful exactly how important as we go mm-hmm. um and yeah so it's the otherworldly traveler has arrived he's seeking hospitality um, so we'll, we'll say that he is coming down the path to Lord Randall's manor and is approaching the gate where there are guards. So actually, I'm going to require two characters. I'm going to require the otherworldly traveler. I'm going to require the head guard at the gate to the estate. Are you also going to require Lord Randall? <laughs> no, I am not. Okay. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I can't because I can only um, specify up to two characters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I am not requiring Lord Randall. That does not need to be a thing. But we do have to answer the question, what makes this technique so dangerous? So now we're going to go around and pick characters. Um, so I pick last. So we're going to go around in the normal order with me at the end. So Cliff, um, who do you want to play? Hmm. I think I would play one of the uh, guards at the gates. 
Okay. Do you want to play like the required character I put, which is like the head, like the current like head guard at the gate, or one of the other guards? Uh, I think I will play one of the other guards. I'll play. It's his first day on the job. Okay. And he's being trained <laughs> by the head guard. Okay. Cool. All right. Nick. Um, I'll play the otherworldly traveler. All right. Chelsea. I think I would like to play Lord Randall's wife, who happens to be down, futzing around here for some reason. Okay. And that leaves me with the head guard who I required, so I have to pick, since I'm the last person. Got it. Okay, so we have Cliff as guard, first day on the job, Nick as the otherworldly traveler, Chelsea as Lord Randall's wife, um, and me as the head guard currently on duty. Okay. So the next step is that we are going to go around the table and reveal our character's current thoughts. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I will go first here. Uh, And the idea here is that we're essentially saying what our character is thinking about, what we're trying to do, um, kind of laying it out all on the table so we all kind of can quickly jump in and know what's going on. So I'll go first. So I'm the head guard. Um, I see this um, traveler coming down the path. I can tell that this person is a foreigner. Um, My job, as I understand it, is basically people who seem important. You know, I let them through and make sure, you know, I have someone sent to go announce them so the Lord knows they're coming. Um, And if they're unimportant, I turn them away and don't even bother telling the Lord about it. So usually this isn't such a big deal because most of the people who come by, I probably know who they are already. Um, or it's very clear from like how they're dressed and their retinue and everything that, you know, they're important or they're just like a random peasant with an ax to grind and I just send them away. But this person is a little tricky because clearly they're a foreigner, which could mean, you know, they're just a nobody who doesn't matter, but they could also be, you know, someone important and it's hard for me to tell. So I'm going to be kind of looking for clues as to whether this person is important enough to like let through um, so things like a letter of introduction or like important looking like rings or seals. Um, I'll be kind of like trying to figure out if his clothing looks well made or if his clothing looks really ragged. I'll be kind of using these as clues to figure out if this is someone who needs to be allowed through the gate or not. Cliff, what's your character thinking about? Uh, I just, uh, I, I don't want to screw up on my first day and... And I, I feel like I'm over my head, but as long as I, as long as I follow the boss, uh, everything should be okay, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick. What is the traveler thinking about? Um, he is uh, here with the specific goal in mind. Um, uh, he and others like him are interested in influencing events to their ends uh and they do so by analyzing potential factors individuals or things that have a chance of making quite a big difference um this lord randall is important and ambitious and uh, he sees him as a candidate for um being amenable to the catalyst that I'm looking to seed here. Okay. And it's my goal to, to get an audience with Lord Randall. 
Okay. Uh, Chelsea, what is the lady of the manor thinking about? And also, do you want to give her a name? Um, her name will be Annabelle. And Annabelle is very bored. She <laughs> was lucky enough to be married to Randall for, for the power, and she always wanted to be with a big, strong man. But man, is Lord <laughs> Randall kind of a physical wimp. <laughs> so she's down with all of the the knights guards because they're a little you know manlier they got a little more meat and muscle on them <laughs> um and she's just looking for for someone to to light her fire tonight because man is <laughs> randall not doing it for oh, her man. anymore <laughs> okay so the lady's actually down here like at like the at the gate like the guardhouse or whatever <laughs> yeah she's she's visiting <laughs> oh, okay um that might actually slightly change. Well, my character is still thinking along similar lines, I guess. Um, though he's also making sure that he doesn't uh, step too far to, out of line with the lady and uh, right. lose She's supervising. his job. <laughs> um, and he's also a little worried that she might decide this person is more important than they really are and then get him in trouble for letting this person through and bother the Lord, who really doesn't want to be annoyed right now. Good. Okay, good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we basically um, are going to go through and do the scene. And we can basically jump in and do this however. Um, you know, we're doing like a full GM-less style here. So we don't have to go in order anymore. Um, the important thing is that we can, you know, roleplay what our character does. Um, if someone else does something to our character, we get to describe what happens so you control the fate of your own character and if you want to establish new facts in the scene um you do it by describing what your character perceives and then describing your character's reaction to that information um so you can't just like assert stuff is real you need to describe like your character's perception of the thing and how they react um right the one like catch to all this is you can do what's called a push so the way a push works is you're going to either change what someone else is doing. Um, so like change what happens to someone else's character, change what another person's character does. Basically just like push something into the scene. But when you make a push, everyone else gets a chance to propose alternatives. And then we take a vote for what happens. And you can also push to establish facts that your character cannot perceive. Um, but you cannot establish a fact without a push that your character does not perceive. Does that make sense? I don't know if I made that more confusing than it had to be. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Just okay. we, we can't say that this is fact because I said so. We have to say this is how I think it happened. Yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to describe your character perceiving. And it has to be scoped to the character's perception. Right. So, for instance, like if you can't say there's a bad guy around the corner. But you can say, you know, my character sees a shadow and you know, advances warily, like that kind of thing. Right. Um, with the exception that a push can establish that type of fact, but then everyone gets involved and collaborates and we have to vote on whose idea is better. Right. All right. So mm -hmm. uh, I think I'll jump in okay. to start. Um, you know, the the boss has given me, a, uh, given me the next person to come up because he wants to see if I've been paying attention. Uh, my guard is... Is a thick boy, very, uh, very, you know, he's built. His physical presence is intimidating, but when you actually hear him, he's, uh, that kind of almost goes away. 
And <laughs> I, I think, you know, we said that, like, an establishing fact, but the whole idea is that the, the, uh, the foreigner is coming up to the gates, and um, that guy's going to see them and say, Oh, hail and well met, traveler. Uh, state your business at the estate of Lord Randall. I require a audience with Lord Randall. It is comforting knowing I am in the correct place. You see this figure who is a slender, um, dressed in uh, very simple, almost uh, uh, road-beaten clothes. Looks very simple. Um, no, no signs of wealth any anywhere on him. He doesn't wear jewelry, and he has a simple knapsack over his shoulder. Okay, I'm going to. Uh you know, kind of advance up a little bit and shout out. You get going now. We don't need your type around these parts. My type? Yeah, you're just some down-on-their-luck foreigner trying to, you know, score a free meal with a bigwig because you're from far away. Get on. Your presumptions would insult a being other than myself. I assure you, Lord Randall will want to hear what I have to say. And more importantly, want to see what I have to show him. Uh, Lady Annabelle is looking from a, a little bit away, but she's got her like giant feather fan, and she's like fanning herself, <laughs> like ready to watch the ma- the men be manly. <laughs> I apologize, sir, but we cannot let those of ill repute within these walls. Please take your leave and have a lovely day. I think to myself, yeah, this kid might turn out okay. I just need to teach him how to talk a little <laughs> bit more intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of imagining um, we're standing in front of a gate here. And I'm going to, the, the, the other guard is out in front, but I'm going to kind of subtly put my hands towards the uh, sword I have at my side. Just to kind of make it clear that, you know, we are serious. I get the impression that you are unpersuaded by my words. Perhaps my actions would be more persuadable. I say, uh, like, kind of opening my hands, palm up to either side. I don't have any weapons on me, but I just hold them there, standing in a relatively unthreatening pose. Just completely expressionless uh, demeanor. What have you got to show? Come on. Let's let's end this thing. Well, I, in, I intended it to be a display for Lord Randall. There are risks. No matter. Um, he bends down and picks up sand from the ground and holds it in his fist out in front of him tensely and lets it drain out of his hand. And as he does so, uh, the... Um, the grains of sand basically dissipate in little sparks and suddenly the head guard feels a searing heat from his hip as his sword just melts into molten metal dripping like basically dripping down the outside of his his armor and pooling on the ground by his foot all right the uh, head guard screams as his entire leg is just covered in Horrible burns. <laughs> oh no, head guard! Steel. <laughs> Brutal stuff. That is woof. Um, 
do we think that answers the question? Does that explain why this technique is so dangerous? Or is that just I, I will I will add is? one detail that might okay. that might uh, okay. that might add to that. Um, when that happens, the traveler kind of cocks his head slightly as if that was not exactly his intention. <laughs> All right. That's fine. <laughs> okay, I do think that answers our question then. Yeah. Hey everyone, Tom here. I hope that you're enjoying this episode of Fables Around the Table Chronicle. If you didn't already know, we're playing a game called Microscope by Ben Robbins. All of the music in this episode is original and is written and performed by yours truly. The sound effects are from zapsplat.com. The wonderful cast members for this season are Chelsea Rexinger, Nicarasiva, and Cliff B. Wilfong. Chelsea is a co-owner of Plot Kindling Candles, a company that specializes in tabletop character-themed scented candles. You can find their shop on Etsy. She also does a lot of the art associated with all of our podcasts here at Derailed. Nick is the DM on the Tales of the Voidfarer podcast, a Spelljammer-inspired actual play. Cliff is a musician and one half of the nerd rap duo 2D6. He is also the DM on the podcast Taverns, Travel, and Tests, a meme and food network-infused actual play. And while I've got you here, I want to tell you about um, our sponsor for this episode, Ubico. Ubico sets new world standards for simple, secure login, preventing unauthorized access to computers, servers, and internet accounts. The YubiKey from Yubico is a physical security key using two-factor authentication to protect your accounts. As more of us continue to work from home, it is more important than ever to protect your secure information. So what can you do to protect your accounts? Yubico is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase of $100 or more using the code POD at yubico.com. That's code POD at yubico.com. Say hello to the YubiKey and say goodbye to account takeovers. All right. Makes, that, that answers it a little bit more definitively. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. So the question was, what makes the technique so dangerous? I like that our answer is unintended consequences. Yeah. Um, but I also like the idea, just like in an alternate universe, not the one we're 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 um, doing right now, but in an alternate universe, this alien was just uh, like fucking it around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just wanted to make the sword go away. Yeah, <laughs> he did it. <laughs> he shrugs. <laughs> the alien sits there. He shrugs and goes, "I don't know what I was expecting to happen, but okay." <laughs> Oh, Lord. And we talked about our world's magic being fueled by passion. And this dude was very much like just calm, cool and collected. Like he's magic. also not he's also not human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's just a very interesting prospect of that magic being taught and going to a uh, emotional human and not mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. alien being. Mm -hmm. So that is my turn as the lens. So remember that the focus right now is the dangers of magic. So now it's going to go to Cliff. So you don't get to create two things the way I did, um, which you'll get to do next round when you're the lens. Mm -hmm. But you can create a, a new period, new event, or a new scene. Um, oh, there is one more thing I wanted to say that we can do um, before we get going further is you are allowed to create a dictated scene. 
So in a dictated scene, you actually don't like hop into it and role play it. You just tell us what happens in the scene. That's totally allowed um, and sometimes might make more sense. Um, so it's up to you how you want to do scenes. Um, it's still the scene should have a question and answer. It's just in a dictated scene, you'll just tell us what happens. I think I'm going to is I think it's interesting if the factions of the world are egged on by these otherworldly travelers. So it's not going to be, you know, obviously not a, uh, um, a scene with it, but it's going to be another event with it. I think that this is going to be basically where the world kind of gets its uh, jump start with the uh, technologies from a rival otherworldly faction. Basically, uh, I, this is just kind of how I see it to frame it for right now. Two groups of otherworldly travelers like to go to unassuming planets and basically fuck around and find out, try and see like which side actually wins. They use them almost as surrogates in a galaxy-faring chess war kind of thing. And so they don't necessarily fight each other. They fight using the proxies of the world. And this is the uh, event of the another alien, uh, otherworldly being, who visits Dr. Alvin uh, Weiss. Is visited and taught mechanics from a rival dr alvin weiss is visited and taught mechanics from a rival otherworldly being and you know with the way that last event went i think this one is actually a light event it's a more uh cordial meeting that actually uh goes positively okay i like no never mind i just remembered that this is the dangers of magic focus we'll come back to that later um well that can be related if you want um but we, we can go i think that's fine we, we can mm -hmm. go with that if you want yeah like i mean you could always frame it as like uh especially if this doctor is like kind of part of the not the magicrats who is struggling under their rule um you know he he might be presented this as a solution to his oppression or perhaps as a solution to the dangers that the Magicrats impose. If you wanted to frame it that way, I think that could be cool. It also could start poorly because the technology seems like some sort of dark magic, but realizes, no, wait, mm -hmm. this is safe because this is technology. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think that's uh, all I get on this uh, travel through. So, Okay. I, I do want to ask a couple questions. So mechanics are they like magical mechanics or technological mechanics uh technological okay okay and then dr alvin weiss is a, a non-noble basically mm -hmm. okay yeah. okay got it okay uh cool okay um chelsea you get to kind of uh i think nick's next you're right we just <laughs> Fuck Nick. Okay, Nick. I, I didn't want to play this game anyway. No. <laughs> uh, okay. 
I'll take my podcast and go home. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, what do I want to do? Dangers of magic. Oh, I have an idea. Um, man, I'm just an edgy boy today. This is going to be a dark, a dark event. Um, and I think it's going to happen in the Dragon Wars. Uh, perhaps new a new magic technique is dispatched that accidentally destroys the city of Mystia. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any additional details I want to provide here. But but essentially, like I, I I'm kind of doing like a, a setup of like you know because the the sacred city of Mystia will mm-hmm. return later, some number of eons later or mm-hmm. years later or whatever it is. Um, but I think that it would be cool to like kind of set up its importance. Okay. Yeah, but, I dig it uh, a lot. Yeah. So like, um, uh, uh, let's see. Dangerous magic is un un unleashed. Uh, to combat the technological advancements of the war, and as a result, the city of Mystia is destroyed. Okay, does that sound cool? Yeah, I mean it's your it's your turn. We aren't allowed to tell you it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know, but I I like I the, you know, the world I like is positive. Your <laughs> I like positive feedback. Yeah, we we like it. <laughs> I speak for all of us uh, when I say yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Chelsea? All right. What do we want to do here? With the dangers of magic. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know what we're going to do. So, in the era of legends, as everything is, you know, being made available to all of the masses, um, and technology is presumably starting to, to take over a little bit more, um, the first big corporation who is in charge of dis- distributing information has begun to alter the books to make magic seem very, very evil. <laughs> mm, okay. And like a super nice. bad thing. Okay. Can we kind of like um, concentrate that into an event, maybe like the publication of a specific, very influential book? Yeah. Um,. Maybe maybe they just release a book called like the his the the untold history of magic. Okay. And it's just this like big the, slander piece. <laughs> the malevolence of the arcane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and let's name that company something like I don't know. What sounds like a like a bad corporation name. <laughs> Are you looking for <laughs> so the era of legends is this kind of like you said it's like enlightenment yeah so maybe like taking inspiration like inspiration could be stuff like you know the east india company and like blah blah and blah ink <laughs> sort of stuff blah blah right yeah blah 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 <laughs> um <laughs> let's call it Let's call it Unity Corp. <laughs> Excellent. And that's a dark boy. It's a lot of dark on our board. 
I wanted to do a light thing, but everyone's like, no, it's got to be dark and evil and <laughs> yeah, sorry, well, I guess I sort of set us up with that. Danger. Yeah, yeah. The, it, the, when the focus is the dangers of magic, it yeah. kind of it kind of skews dark, I think. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> uh, puts us in that spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Tom, do you have anything else you'd like to add yeah. with your focus? Yeah, so as the lens, let me double check this, but I believe I get to add nested things again. Let me make sure I'm correct on that. Okay, yeah, so I get to do two nested things. Yeah. So I'm going to do... Um, so, so first I'm going to add an event, which is inside our cyberpunk dystopia period, the magic from the Dragon Wars is reactivated, um, destroying Mystia for... A, again, I won't... Maybe Mystia keeps getting destroyed, so I won't say a second <laughs> time. <laughs> but destroying Mystia again. So that'll after, be the event after, I add. After years of rebuilding. <laughs> yeah. He's blowing the city up. <laughs> yeah. And then I am going to add a scene inside that event. And the question is, how do I want to put the question? Um. Okay, the question will be, why did the wizard Robilius reactivate this ancient magic? Uh, what is the character's name again? Robilius, I'm saying. Robilius. Yeah. That is I a wonderful it. name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining like a, like a Mickey Mouse wizard with the big hat and everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I am going to um, require... Well, okay, so let me, let me set the scene. Um, what's an interesting way to set this? Okay, so the scene is Robilius is with his apprentice and is training his apprentice in how to um, control his feelings and direct his magic properly. Okay. So I'm going to require Robilius. I'm going to require Robilius's apprentice. And they are currently in um, Robilius's, like a nice, not like a mansion, but like a nice home um, located on a bustling street in downtown Mystia. So maybe like a townhouse, kind of. So we're in a townhouse, downtown Mystia. Um, Mystia itself so we're located in, so this is like our cyberpunk period, but Mystia is almost like Main Street in like the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. <laughs> like it's this almost like utopian sort of place, but like deliberately old timey and like lots of like cool magic stuff going on because um, it's like the the powers of Mystia have sort of like kept the corporations out. So like there's like hints of cyber stuff. Like maybe people have phones and things and like there are like internet access terminals, but like it's a place where many parts of the modern world are sort of like deliberately kept outside. Um, And it's like a big bustling city with lots of vibrant neighborhoods. And we're here right in like a, a, maybe not downtown, like a vibrant neighborhood. Lots of like, there's like bars and restaurants and stuff. Um, people passing by happily on the street, but we're in a townhouse, maybe like three floors up, 
in Robilius's training room where he is working with his apprentice to teach him how to control his emotions and control his magical capabilities. And required characters, like I said, Robilius and the apprentice. So let's go. Um, Cliff, who do you want to play? Uh, I think I will go with Robilius. I'll go with Robilius. Okay. So that means you're basically going to decide when the scene is over. When you either, as Robilius comes to decision to reactivate the magic, you don't have to do that in this scene. But mm-hmm. you have to like either reveal, like, like reveal your thoughts as to why you're going to do this, or like reveal thoughts like coming to the conclusion that this is something that you must do. Um, so it'll be kind of up to you to decide when the scene is done. Okay. Yeah, uh, Nick. Huh, I could do The Apprentice, but I think I'm going to do something else. Yeah, Um, let me also, um, there is one sort of odd special character that people can pick up. I don't know if it's appropriate to the scene, but I want to put it out there before we get too much further. So there's a special character called Time, which is, you can personify in various ways, but Time could be like an army closing in or like a mm. like something where you're like not a specific character but you're kind of like a force like a collection of people or something that's like pushing the scene forward and like causing things to push to a conclusion. I don't know if that's appropriate for the scene but I wanted to put it out there. Okay. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. I think I am going to play I think I'm going to play a colleague of our wizard. Uh, what did we say his name was? Robilius is what I named Robilius. Him. Yeah. I think I'm going to play a colleague, na- uh, a fellow wizard uh, named uh, uh, Ingram. Mm-hmm. And maybe wizard isn't even. Cause I not said, even. Yeah, because we're not like, yeah. like, like this like more. An, like an arcanist. An arc- I like that term a lot better. Let's call them arcanists. So it's the arcanist yeah. Robilius. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, a fellow arcanist uh, by the name of Ingram, um, who is um, paying his friend uh, a visit to deliver some news. Okay, cool. Chelsea? Uh, I think I'd like to be the apprentice, if that's okay. Yeah. And I am actually going to uh, sit myself out. I'm not going to be anyone, Um, which you are allowed to do, um, by the way. (laughs) Well, I didn't know that. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I, I I think we're good. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to sit myself out. I think I can still push and stuff if I want to. Um, I'm going to just recuse myself and let you guys play the scene out. <laughs> Tom's okay. going to fuck around and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to see where you guys take this because I don't uh-huh. – I, I mean, that's why I put the question. I don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah. He set, he set it up and, you know, yeah. he built the sandbox and now we get to play in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now uh, we go through and, like, establish our thoughts. Yeah, so go through and reveal thoughts. So we can do that in table order too. So, Cliff, what is um, Robilius thinking about? Uh, Robilius – is of two minds right now. He's focusing on uh, training his apprentice to be able to control their arcane powers better, and uh, while at the same time uh, recognizing the ever-looming threat of the corporate world that barks outside the doorsteps of Mystia, grows ever more impatient with 
uh, the utopia that we've created and that they have no no hands in the uh, in the dough that forms this wonderful uh, mystical city. So as not necessarily part of the like ruling body, but as a well-respected, powerful arcanist, uh, people do look to Robilius quite a bit for advice and leadership. And right now he's unsure what to do because you know, there's not a whole lot of power available to him outside of his own natural and what he is able to do. Uh, I imagine that there's potential that news of power could be brought from the incoming uh, peer, but right now Robilius is still trying to figure out some sort of answer to protect the uh, denizens of Mystia. Okay. Nick, what is uh, your character thinking about? Okay, so uh, Ingram uh, is is on his way to visit Robilius to report back on a a task that Robilius sent him on. Um, we'd been speculating that uh, not only are the uh, the technological technological corporations um, oppressive, but there's been speculation that their activities are also creating a negative effect on the world. Um, and, uh, after some, uh, some troubling discoveries, um, Ingram is on his way to, uh, to share this discoveries with his friend and so that they might, uh, brainstorm possible new solutions. I like that. All right. Um, a question. I know we've said before that the apprentice is a, a he, is it okay if I make You can change the gender, them... that's totally fine, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I went for, like, the gender-neutral he, which is probably bad. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can that's, that's feel problem. 100% that's... Okay. free to change that. A little that, problematic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was just not that, you know, I, I'm a woman and I must play a woman. No, that was just, that was just a question. <laughs> no, I think it'll be definitely good to uh, mm-hmm. make this not just three dudes talking about stuff. <laughs> um, so... Um, the apprentice, her name is Celine, and it can be more fantasy to fit in, the fantasy spelled with, to fit in with everybody else, (laughs) but Celine. (laughs) Um, and she's thinking that, you know, we've been work, I've been working with, um, Robelius for some time now, and because I have a deep secret that he does not know about, my training has been not super, um, like because it requires emotions to be kind of you know normalized uh he he's knows something is wrong but i can't let him know what it is and what i'm freaking out about is that i have been sneaking out of the city to meet with some of the people uh in the 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 outside technological cities and in fact i am very very close to to somebody very high up in unity court she might be my girlfriend. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so I am focused on trying to remain calm and hope nothing bad is happening while, you know, loving my girlfriend and being so in love I can't stop thinking about her. And also trying to make sure that uh, my, my master does not find out. <laughs> 
All right. He wants to. He wants to kick it off. Yeah, I think uh, it's just going to lead in. Robilius saying, "No, no, try it again. Uh, we've we've been over this. This 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 spell does not take a large amount of of your energy, but you need to be more open to putting emotion into it. It's not." letting your emotion overwhelm you but channeling that emotion into your magic letting the emotion flow through the magic not flow through you to disrupt the flow uh she sighs uh i'm trying my hardest i really am not 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 uh, we, we've been at this for for an hour uh, i think you can take a break uh come in um, Ingram, uh, opens the door and, and lets himself in. Uh, he's, he's a middle-aged, um, looking guy, uh, just dressed in, like, kind of casual, modern clothing. Um, uh, he says, ah, Robilius, um, good to see you. Ingram. You, you can see, like, the visible concern on his face, despite his, uh, you know, greeting. Uh, Ingram, well, welcome, friend. It's his... It's been longer than I thought it is, it would be since I'd see you again. What's what seems to be there's concern? What's 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 on your mind, friend? Yes, uh, we ran into some um, complications in my travels. Um, as you know, uh, we were looking into the the various arcane nexi um, across the continent, um, and it is uh, worse than we feared. Robilius kind of uh, puts his hands together and rests his chin on them. And, uh, how, how, how far has it, how far have things gone? It's, it's bad. We knew the, the corporations and their rampant technology was a poison on the natural state of the world and the magic that flows through it. But I never imagined that it'd be this bad. Most of the Nexi that we examined were almost completely lost. It appears that the only Nexus that still remains healthy is the one below Mystia. And without these Nexi, Nexi, I believe the world will soon start to die as well. Was there any hope of reviving the Nexi outside of Mystia? Perhaps, but th that magic would have to come from somewhere. Okay, so we send mages out into the world. Does that sound so bad? Well, the mages get their power from from the, the Nexi. We can't, you know, we would be trying to charge a battery with itself, to put it in modern terms. But what if we got, like, a giant magic bucket and, like, took some of the Nexus and put it somewhere else. Wouldn't that make another one? Hmm. I'm afraid to jumpstart all of these other Nexi. It would... Hmm. Removing that much magic from this Nexus would be risky. Wouldn't you agree? It... it would... it would have a heavy cost. There's... there are many people not only in this city, but in this world that depend on 
their connection, uh, be albeit the further they go from Mystia, the weaker it gets. There are people that depend on that connection, and the I don't I don't know of any way to throw a rock into that pond to cause enough of the Nexi to jumpstart. We have an oasis here. We could share it, but it might come at the cost of Mystia itself. Celine kind of mutters under her breath, maybe if we had, like, a magic internet, maybe everything would work just fine. Ingram's gonna, like, roll his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) You teens and your internet. (laughs) (laughs) You see, uh... Robilius kind of perk up and runs over to one of the walls lined with books, and you see him scanning across uh, across them. And he says to both of you, uh, "Tell me, uh, are any of you how, how up are you on your uh, world history?" Somewhat. What do you have in mind? I. I have an idea, but I need to verify what happened the last time. There was... There was an event that happened. Uh, Mystia's in yet another reincarnation of itself. Mystia's phased in and out of history, as I believe is common knowledge. But there was one event, and you see... Robilius leafing through one of the books. There was an event during the Dragon Wars where Mystia was destroyed. Unfortunately, that event took many lives with it in Mystia. I wonder, do you think we could find a way to recreate that event but spare the lives of the citizens? Hmm. I mean, it's possible, but it would be a powerful, you know, dispense of magic to to do it. But if we can pull it off, well, if we can cause the the splash that we need to reignite the other Nexi, and still not risk the lives of the citizens, and you see, uh, Robilius tossing you a book, Ingram, and then tossing uh, you as well a book, Selene. If we can figure out some way to do this, we should bring it to the council. Agreed. Uh, Selene looks at the book a little uneasy. Um, are you sure this is something we should be thinking about? Like, you know, everything. This is so dangerous. If we can't restart the other Nexi of the world, having Mystia itself can't save it. It would only be a matter of time before the corporations choked the world to death. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Everyone else out there seems fine. And she kind of like realizes what she just said. <laughs> I'm going to bop in here. I feel like this question is answered at this point. I, I think it has. Mm-hmm. 
Does that I, seem right, I, Cliff? Has Rebilius like made his mind up that like this is something that has to happen? I don't think he's made up his mind just because he's unsure if they can do it safely, but I think this is definitely the leading idea in his mind. Well, what what was the, I was looking for the question in the document. Did we yeah, I guess I didn't time it down. So, so the question is, why did Robilius decide to reactivate this magic? I, I, I think, I think, I that think question we, is answered. we answered that question. Yeah. Whether or not he's decided to do it yet is irrelevant. We know why. Yeah, I think I think you're correct. That's I, I went to the document looking for the question. Sorry. Like yeah. and I you know, because that's what I was wondering too. Yeah, that that is the question. Um so I, I think we should call this scene there. Um okay. and like if like if we want to go back and learn more about these characters, that's totally okay. But it like we'll do it with a different scene with a different question. Um and that does um end this round. Hey everyone, Tom here. So we had some technical issues while recording the last little bit of this episode, so we're going to cut it off right here for today. Don't worry though, the next episode will pick back up right where this one is leaving off. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you want more, um, episode 2 will be airing on December 23rd. ProjectDerailed.com